the Front Five Football Podcast. Covering all things offensive line. Tackles. Guards. Centers. Your hosts, Audrey Mallows and Colton Cull. Join us as we dive in the trenches of the NFL. Welcome in to another week's episode of the Front 5 Football Podcast. Great week here ahead. Audrey and myself are together. So official uh, introduction here, your hosts, Audrey Mallows and myself, Colton Cull. Audrey, are you excited to talk some uh, some upcoming Super Bowl offensive line, uh, as well as review the past weekend of conference championship games? 100%. So it's great to be doing this in person again. Looking forward to reviewing the conference games from both the AFC and NFC, and then looking forward to next weekend's showdown, the, the big one, the shakedown, the payoff, the Super Bowl itself. Awesome. Yeah, that's what it's all about. All about that uh, that final game and, uh, you know, winner gets remembered, loser gets remembered as a loser. So we'll see which offensive line, AFC or NFC, uh, gets to the, the peak of the mountain this year. Oh, it's going to be the AFC, obviously. Real confident there. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset uh, either team uh, that wins, but I I, uh, I think it's going to be the Eagles. And we'll, we'll talk, we'll dive into that. So I guess from there, we'll jump into... Um, our next segment, real, real quick today, we're just going to talk a little, like we said, uh, follow up from the conference championship weekend, jump ahead to the Super Bowl, and we'll start with the conference championship after a short break. Barber interception. LeGarrette Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman looks, throws, that's a touchdown. Donald Penn on a tackle eligible play. We're going to look back now at the AFC conference game. That's where we're going to start this segment off, and then we'll finish off with the NFC with Colton after that. So the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cincinnati Bengals in Arrowhead or Burrowhead, depending on which of the teams that you were supporting there. What a, a great game that was. Looking at the starting offensive line lineups, both teams went in with the same starting five that played in the divisional games. We're going to look at each team separately and then kind of give like a bit of a summary of the game. So looking at Kansas O-line first, um, across the game, only allowed 10.2% uh, as a pressure rate on all dropbacks. Uh, their quarterback was only hit twice, um, but was sacked three times for 11 yards. One stat that did catch my eye, it doesn't look as though they were able to move the ball on that Bengals defense in the run game with only 42 rushing yards on 20 attempts, so just over two yards a rush, which which isn't great, and uh, all credit to that uh, Cincinnati defense. Um, two penalties, uh, 50% on third down, 100% on fourth down, although that was only um, one attempt. Looking at the, the game itself now, um, I think it's fair to say that the, the stats don't lie. The Kansas City O-line um, gave their QB um, a lot of time for most of the game. Um, and when you give this quarterback a lot of time, he's going to dissect your defense. Um, they managed to keep him out of the end zone for a lot of the first half. Um, and then the halftime score there was uh, 13-6. Um, flipping over to the uh, Bengals now, just quickly, and then I'll round up the game at the end of that. 
So uh, three penalties for the Bengals O-line. Gave up five sacks for 32 yards. Um, did have 71 rushing yards on the ground. Um, only 43% on third down. Again, 100% on fourth down. They did give up a 22.4% pressure rate on all dropbacks. And their quarterback was hit six times. Um, so although it was only 22% of pressure, it did seem to be on key downs, particularly in the first half. A um, lot of big downs there that they lost out on because of the sacks. Um, early first half field goal, um, followed by a pick late in the first half, which is why it ended up, as I mentioned, 13-6 at the half there. Um, in the second half, the Bengals O-line, I thought, played um, reasonably well. But there was one key moment um, with less than a minute to go in the game. Uh, with the scores tied, uh, third and eight in their own half, and they gave up a big sack and had to punt the ball back to Kansas. And we all know what that quarterback can do. I mean, hell, he only needs 13 seconds, right, to get a, a game-winning field goal drive, but he had a little bit more than that. Um, finishing off on that last uh, bit of the fourth quarter, they did enough on the final drive, and with the help of an O-line penalty, Kansas managed to get that uh, winning field goal. So... Great game all round. Both O-lines seem to kind of come together in the end. That's a really horrible way to phrase that. Both O-lines played really well um, in general. And uh, for me, yeah, a great game. And with that, I will pass over to Colton for the NFC. Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, that was a great game and came down to the wire. And, um, you know, both, obviously, Cincinnati banged up there from an offensive line standpoint, but two great uh, performances. Uh, Yeah, looking at the conference championship uh, NFC Conference Championship game. Philadelphia Eagles took that one 31 to 7. And it was, you know, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say kind of same starters as the week before uh, for both San Francisco and the Eagles. Second week in a row that the Eagles, uh, after blowing out the, the Giants and now blowing out the 49ers, had an opportunity to play three of their backup linemen. Uh, Jake Driscoll, Andre Dillard, and Cam Jurgens all got pretty decent amount of snaps in the game uh, for for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, that's going to be beneficial for those young guys that are in this environment for the first time in the postseason. And, you know, a lot of backup offensive linemen never play in games. So uh, here, if any injuries in the Super Bowl, that's going to that's going to be beneficial to have had those guys playing some snaps in both games. But um, overall, no dominant performance from either team. The just starting kind of with some pressure notes. The San Francisco offensive line gave up a lot of pressure. Uh, they were pressured nine times. A uh, couple different quarterbacks in that game, and, and with the running back having a pass attempt and was pressured, he was hit on that. Uh, gave up just three sacks at four for uh, San Francisco, but you know overall there were a lot of hits, a lot of hurries, um, just just not a lot of. Uh, time in the pocket for for that for that team backup quarterback had was pressured 50 over 50 percent of his uh his snaps um looking at pressure on the eagles uh just sat one sack against their quarterback uh but a couple hits a couple hurries you know five total pressures on uh on five blitz they brought but uh less than 20 percent pressure so in a postseason game with a really good defensive front like san francisco has they're which arguably one of the best defensive fronts in the league from from every position, including some linebacking um, blitzing. That's a uh, a pretty good performance to be you know less than twenty percent pressure. So not dominant, but uh, given the 
current situation in that in that game. Certainly something to uh, to hang their hat on. Uh, but neither team rushed for for over um, much over three yards per carry, so no dominant from the run game. Uh, San Francisco, they just had 81 yards on 21 carry or 24 carries, uh, 97 yards passing on, on 18 attempts. Um, Philadelphia, 148 yards rushing on 44 attempts and uh, 121 yards passing on 25 attempts. Where Philadelphia really dominated this game is with the time of possession. As you heard there, you know, 44 rushing attempts and only 25 passing attempts. With the lead they had gotten in the second quarter, they were able uh, as an offensive line to really just run the ball and and control the clock. So San Francisco less than 23 minutes of possession in that game. Neither were noteworthy on third down. San Francisco uh, two of eight, and then Philadelphia five of 15. So no no you know nothing right home there on on, uh, on third down. But Philly surprisingly was three for three on fourth down attempts. So perfect there on three attempts, and uh, San Francisco was zero for two on fourth down. So uh, overall, two get two, you know two offensive lines that are you know two of the best in the league, and both played pretty well. Obviously, San Francisco with quarterback injury and um, some confusion confusion there in the second quarter, which just kind of led into their their spiral. They got down twenty one seven right before half, and um, it's kind of hard to come back from that with a backup quarterback. Uh, really, head into your third quarterback of the game. I think fifth string quarterback on the roster um, at, at one point, and it was uh, tough, tougher, you know, that entire offense. But offensive line, you know, as far as a rushing attack, didn't dominate enough to to keep them in that game. So, uh, win goes to the the Eagles, and they're in the Super Bowl, and arguably the best offensive line in the NFC. So, it is a uh, it's probably a lot of what got them there. Yeah, that that is that is really all. Uh, breaking down that that game and and uh any thoughts on on the AFC or the NFC conference championship game Audrey I think it's really tough to win when your third string quarterback gets injured your fourth string quarterback come, gets injured <laughs> your third string quarterback comes back in but can't throw um against a quality team like Philadelphia this game got ugly early Absolutely yeah off a good offensive line good coach can only do so much when when you're that on the depth chart for your quarterback it's in the postseason big game like that no doubt after this short break we're going to be breaking down the super bowl who gets it afc nfc what are the lineups going to be what do we think you'll find out soon bouncing ball fielded at the 25 oh you gotta be kidding oh look at this this is dan Connolly, the right guard (laughs) the right guard still going to the four-yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. All right. I always love listening to those breaks. Awesome hearing those big plays by the offensive linemen. But, yeah, jumping over, we're going to talk a little about the, in the last segment here, talk a little about the Super Bowl. Audrey's got some uh, information, a couple statistics on the Super Bowl that are uh, real interesting and and. uh you know, it's always a fun time of, of a year to look at the history of the of the big game. So uh, throw that over to Audrey. And then after afterward, we'll run through our, our offensive lines in this big one. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to get it out of the way before anyone else says anything. Oh, you, yes, the Bills have lost four Super Bowls. Yeah, that's in the past. So we're going to look at some other Super Bowl stats. Um, this year <laughs> sees two number one seeds face off. So we're guaranteed for a number one seed to win the Super Bowl again this year. 
Now, since 1976, the number one seed has won 25 out of 47 Super Bowls, and with the last number one seed to win actually being the Philadelphia Eagles with that Philly Philly special uh, back in 2017. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting stat. And what's funny too is I think I bet if you broke it down, really since the 2000s, last 20 some years, I bet you out of those 50 percent that weren't the number one seed. I bet a pretty good amount of them has been a wild card team. A bunch come to mind right now. If you think about Tampa Bay a few years ago, the, the New York Giants did it twice, I believe, as a wild card team in seven and eleven, and the Packers were a wild card team. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's probably a lot of number one seeds and a lot of number six seeds. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. Actually, I didn't make a note of the exact number, but when I was looking at it, the two things that that popped out of me is that um, the number one seed is obviously the most and then after that you've got the number four seed and then after that you've got the number six seed which ties in with with what you were saying there in terms of sort of the last wild card team up until the recent changes getting into the Super Bowl and winning it yeah no that's it's that's so saying it's probably since the 2000s there's been a number of teams that were the wild card team to to go on and win it all but uh yeah it's it's so much boils into it home field advantage injuries you know strength of schedule in the regular season and and clearly from that, you know, over 50% of the time, the number one seed wins the Super Bowl. So uh, I think the NFL shows that there's – it's the only sport – that's something I'll, I'll just touch on here too. It's the only sport that is truly like a true battle. You know, you think of baseball here in the U.S. And, and, you know, I guess not the only sport because, you know, being in the U.K., football, English football – um, you know, it's very much like that. There's not best of three or best of five or best of seven games. It's a, it's a one battle, but baseball, basketball, hockey here in the, in the U S you know, the best team could have a bad day, uh, or two bad days and still advance where like in the NFL should, man, if, if, if you have a bad day, your team might be going home in the first, you know, divisional uh, weekend, you know? So that's, what's neat about the NFL. It really is a, a battle. See, I knew those Bills jobs were coming. Yeah, you play, you're a really good team. You play bad and you go out in the divisional round. Yep, thanks for the reminder. Hey, that's been uh, my, my Green Bay since 2012 with, you know, that quarterback there in, in Green Bay. Same thing, you know, a lot of times when they're the best seed, they're out early. Been to a lot of, you know, conference championship games, but haven't been back to Super Bowl in a long time. So I, I feel you to a degree. No worries. Well, I was just getting the jobs in on myself before giving you the opportunity to. Um, but let's have a look now then at the... <laughs> Super Bowl lineups and let's start with the NFC in terms of O-line how are the Eagles looking for starters and any potential backups man it's such a great offensive line across the board you know when you're looking at experience just the size of these guys uh, talent um, it's, it's such a great offensive line but starting from the right side tackle Lane Johnson and number 65 there's not many better uh, in the league than Lane Johnson and He's playing with a torn abductor right now and been battling that for a while. And he's still a brick wall, but just a stud veteran, you know, been in the league for since 2013. He was a first round pick uh, Philly drafted fourth overall out of Oklahoma. So just a stud. Uh, and then right side guard, uh, Isaac Samalo. I, I always want to pronounce his name different, but uh, stay Malu. Um just a beast that I was looking at uh, pro football focus and he's the ninth best offensive guard in football. So you think of two starting guards times 30 and that's a lot of guards. He's ninth best. So just a, a beast number 56. Um, he's a veteran as well. He's been in the league since 16. 
drafted by Philly out of Oregon State, but he's only allowed one sack this season. So uh, just a, just a stud there on the right side. And then center veteran Jason Kelsey. I don't know how old he is. Fifty years old? No, he's uh, he's only thirty five years old, but just a, a stud center, probably one of the best in the game. He's allowed no sacks this year, and he's third best in the NFL when it comes to run block win rate, um, which is 75%, which is a huge win rate for uh, run blocking. Um, and then look at the left side. Start with the guard, Landon Dickerson, number 69, another beast, young. Uh, he was a second-round pick last year out of Alabama. And a big, big guy, you know, six foot six, 330-plus pounds. And he's really becoming a young stud on this team. Um, he's only allowed one sack this season. And according to ESPN, they've got a pass block win rate. He's 97%, which is second best in the NFL. So obviously the young guard, you know, outstanding. Um, and then the uh, Jordan Melata never played any football until the NFL beast. Uh, amazing in the run block scheme. And he's given up the most sacks on this team, but um, you can expect that a lot of pressure uh, on the left side, but it's it, despite giving up six sacks this year, which is the most for you know an individual lineman on this offensive line, he still has a ninety six point three pass block efficiency. So, still a still a stud left tackle um, on a stacked offensive line, and this is, I believe, the fourth most paid, highest paid uh, in the NFL for offensive line. I think Dallas is up there, and trying to can't remember the other ones, but. 59 million bucks they're paying these guys, you know, this year. So obviously that's a recipe when you've got a, you know, you can do that when you've got a, a young quarterback on their first contract, a rookie contract. And I think their quarterback's earning like 1.5 million a year and he's locked in until 2024. Or so as a free agent. So when you've got that situation from an, a quarterback standpoint, you can pay these offensive linemen and keep these guys around. So five starters all drafted by Philadelphia and it's it's uh I'll just kind of note they've got probably the best interior tackle that they're facing from a defensive standpoint all year. Um, he's probably second best in the league behind Aaron Donald, but Chris Jones just a beast plays a lot of on the right side interior tackle and number ninety five there and yeah I mean that's that's going to be the best offensive uh, sorry the best defensive lineman the Eagles will probably face all year. Um, I think overall the 49ers defensive line was better from an entire defensive line standpoint, but he's the the best defensive line they'll see uh, this year, and that's in the Super Bowl, and and we'll see how you know they uh, they plan against him, and that's going to be a, a great one to keep an eye on number 95 and how that Eagles offensive front is is handling him. But I I do give the advantage in this game to the Eagles, and like I mentioned, just from the experience these guys have. Uh, they're, they're, they're size, they're, they're massive, they're, they're walls. And then from a talent, I think the Eagles should win in, in the trenches. They should win at the line of scrimmage. And if the defense plays well and, and, you know, they can hold down that, that other uh, offense and offensive line, I think that that's a recipe for a, a Super Bowl win. Um, one other note I'll, I'll finish on before we jump over to the AFC is kind of ties into what we, some stats we just talked about, you know, a lot of the number one seeds win, but really since the salary cap era, there are not many teams who have won a Super Bowl with a quarterback drafted by that team who is on their second or third contract, you know, essentially being paid, you know, top three quarterbacks in the league at the time that contract 
was was deployed. So, you know, when you think about that, all these great teams that have won recently with a top three, four, five paid quarterback, it's been when they've brought him in to a good situation. I think of Denver six, seven, eight years ago when they went to back to back Super Bowls. Um, Tampa Bay bringing in, you know, a veteran and, you know, it, just last year, the uh, LA Rams bringing in a veteran. So there's not, once these quarterbacks are paid, it's very difficult to keep an offensive line like this. It's very difficult to keep these uh, major components of a team from an offense and a defensive standpoint around. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, there's a lot more that goes into, into building a team and it's, it's tough to keep these, these studs on the offensive line. But when you've got the Eagle situation with a rookie contract makes it much easier, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll digress there. No, no more about uh, this, this side of the ball and we'll jump over to the AFC. Thank you. And uh, there's some interesting comparisons there because the last time the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, it would have been when their superstar quarterback would have been in uh, on his rookie contracts. I believe he won it in his second year. It's getting difficult to keep up because he's been to five AFC Championship games. He's been to now three Super Bowls. Uh, He's won one. He's lost the Super Bowl as well. So it's going to be interesting. But you're right. So when they obviously paid their quarterback, then... They ditched a few of their O linemen who were who were some of their aging veterans and have gone to uh, to drafting a couple, um, and then also we know that they've let some big offensive players go that would have been highly paid this year, but they've focused their their money elsewhere. And so the Kansas O line going to start with center Creed Humphrey going to be responsible for all of that communication and trying to block that equals O line. He's going to be the one calling out coverages, communicating with the quarterback, trying to get the blocking schemes right. Um, surrounded by guards Andrew Wiley and Joe Tunney. Um, and then on the outside, we'll have tackle Trey Smith and tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Again, trying to come to terms with that Eagles D-lineman. Some standouts from the Eagles D-line. It's difficult not to name all of them, but the two standouts for me would be uh, Brandon Graham um, on the outside uh, as an edge rusher and then Fletcher Cox as one of the, the big defensive tackles there. All in all, I mean, you can't sleep on the other two players on that D-line in, in Hargrove and um, and Sweat. In total, they've had 70 sacks in 17 games this year, so they're averaging four sacks a game. So probably the most consistent D-line that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to face all year. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I think it's going to be a really good battle up front because I know that personally I've raved a lot about the Chiefs O-line this year and it's kind of pained me to do so. But you just kind of have to look back and yeah, they they may have had some sort of struggles early on and the Chiefs early on struggled with, with a few losses. But I think a lot of people have been so fascinated with other stories around the league. You forget that I think after they um, lost their, their third game, I'm sure the Chiefs have gone on on a big unbeaten run as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that O-line holds up against the the Eagles D-line. Um, yeah, really uh, interesting to see, really excited about that. If I'm being completely honest, I think you would probably have to say that the Eagles have both the best O-line and the best D-line in the league at the moment. So it looks quite ominous, but it's all about how you perform on the day, isn't it? So we're, we're going to see, and it's going to be a great battle in those trenches, and, and one I think we're both looking forward to. Yes, absolutely. I, I think it will be a battle. And, and yeah, despite the advantage, I mean, really, you still got to have a quarterback who's got it. And the uh, the Chiefs do. Obviously, Eagles have a stud quarterback, but he hasn't been there. So it's uh, it's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm excited. I, I love the matchup. And um, I really, really can't wait to see what the offensive lines uh, do in this game against their their opponents. 
And I think we should probably finish up then with some um, predictions. And do you mind if I go first on that front? Absolutely. So I'm going to go with, and it is bad that I'm doing this, bearing in mind that I said, of course, the AFC are going to win it, but I'm going 27-24 to the Eagles. I like that. I think that's a, a great score. I'm also going to predict that the Eagles win this one. Um, I think the Eagles will get a little bit of a lead, and I'm going to say the Eagles are up uh, 31 to. I'm going to say the Eagles are up 31 to to 17, and uh, the Chiefs come down and try to score and uh, put put the game to 31 to 24. 31 24 is my uh, my score prediction, but I think the Eagles have a, a decent lead in that game. Wow. Yeah. I mean. When you look at the form of both of their lines, I can totally see how you would you would come to that prediction. To be honest, I think just purely with with the occasion and everything else around it, I think I really do think that Chiefs O line are going to turn up, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think the Eagles may come away with maybe two or three sacks during the game, but I think when it counts, that that O line does almost enough because I still have the the Eagles having the last drive and getting that game winning field goal with uh, with their kicker. I like it going to be a great game though um, and I think we should probably finish up there otherwise we could end up talking about it for a long time but it's been you know great to do this one back in person again Colton and you know we'll resume hopefully after the Super Bowl and, and see whether we were both right whether we were both wrong on the prediction front. Yes absolutely great to, great to be back and, and chatting in person and, and who cares if this one runs a little long it's a it's a big uh, big game and and uh you know we're we're uh enjoying talking football i hope the listeners are enjoying uh listening to some uh, super bowl pre-games talk yeah i'm sure only the editor would probably have problems with it (laughs) that's right that's right well awesome man well uh yeah if if you want to round it out and uh we will uh we'll chat in in a, a couple weeks i guess a week and a half or so Yes, indeed, my friend. Yeah, so enjoy the the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great game. Hope you, uh, yeah, enjoy that game. I've got a few people coming over, so we're going to enjoy it from this side. I've already got the Monday booked off afterwards so that I can actually get some sleep. Um, going to be a great game, and we're going to see that the game truly is won and lost in the trenches. And if it's true what they say and defenses win championships, maybe we'll see the Eagles picking up another win. But um, until after the Super Bowl, everyone, stay safe. Enjoy the game and go Bills.